Welcome, Oncers. You have discovered the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. This is an unofficial podcast dedicated to the hit ABC TV show, Once Upon a Time. And now, here are your hosts, Jeff and Colleen Roney. Here we are. Yes, we are here. Season five. Woohoo! One more than four. Yes. One less than six. Mm-hmm. Half of ten. What an episode. That was quite an episode. So tonight's episode is entitled The Dark Swan. Mm-hmm. It was written by Adam and Eddie. Mm-hmm. You know those two. Yeah. And... This is podcast episode number 291. The show notes can be found at onceuponatimepodcast.com slash 291. And I want to thank everyone who wants to help support us and use our Amazon store link. It's at onceuponatimepodcast.com slash support. And there's a lot of ways to support. You can support monetarily, retweet, Share all that kind of fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Before we jump in, okay. I just want to briefly talk just a, just a teeny weeny bit about. We went to go see the Once Upon a Time rock opera. We did video we Friday did. night in a very important spot in Hollywood mm-hmm. at the Egyptian Theater. Yes, the first quote unquote red carpet Hollywood premiere mm-hmm. happened there. Yeah, back in the twenties, Robin yeah. Hood film, which is. Again, a great tie into Once Upon a Time. Absolutely. And so we saw and met and talked to Aaron. Well, we know Ace. Aaron. We've known Aaron yeah, for a little sure, while. Sure, so, sure. But it was and, great and, to catch up again in person and to meet some of the other cast members and absolutely. have a, you know, a little bit of conversation with them. And we saw the video. Yeah. And it was, it was, I won't tell you the way it is. I will tell you where you can read our review. Oh. But it was really a magical, it was a cool night. It really was. And I want to thank Aaron for inviting us along and letting us cover it and give our review. So you can get to the Once Upon a Time Rock Opera review at onceuponatimepodcast.com slash O-U-A-T spoof rock opera review. Yes. And if you love Once Upon a Time and you're... Over 18, because well, I'm going to put that little, yeah, you know, okay. All right. <laughs> that little, you know, splash there. You will enjoy it. It was really good. Yeah. So. All right. Let's jump into our thoughts about The Dark Swan, mm-hmm. the first episode in season five. And we see little, little, little Emma. Little bit I mean, Emma. way like, back. Yeah. Younger child, Emma. And before we even start talking, there was a lot of Star Wars Mm -hmm. inferences and themes in this episode. And some lost. Yeah. So we see teeny tiny little Emma going to the movies. I never went to the movies. It seemed like by myself. No, she wasn't by herself. She was in... It was... I think the whole home of children, you know, it was got the orphanage. It, got it, got it. Okay. She was there yeah. with all of them. And remember, cause she was, she stayed in the orphanage until she was That's right. a bit older, like 14, 15. So in this case, 1989, that would have made her about six because it was yeah. Minneapolis, 1989. So That's she would have right. been about six years old. And little, little Emma is played by wonderfully by McKenna Grace. Oh, so cute. Very little, cute. She yeah. was adorable. Yep. 
Very well done. Oh, yeah. And I guess what I was looking for is some kind of uh, uh, older adult kind of watching and say, hey, hey, come over here, sit over here. Hey, hey. That was the thing is I think that the, you know, folks who were running the orphanage were there and there were so many of the kids. There was at least half a dozen or more and getting everybody seated. Emma was the last one to come through. And when she saw, you know, she you could tell she was denied that, you know, she wanted candy or something to eat. And that's when she saw the woman, the candy in the woman's pocket, and the woman wasn't paying any attention to it. She figured it was easy to just go up there and take it. That's the first clue that there's the potential for darkness, even though it was supposed to have been taken out of Lily, out of her and put into Lily. She still had that potential there. See, I, I never... I never really kind of bought that whole thing because, I mean, we talked about it before and then people would say, oh, well, she stole because she was hungry or she stole. No, she still, yeah. And she drew people with darkness to her as yeah, well. So that did. was kind of interesting. She did. So a lot of little tidbits here. Mm-hmm. She went to go see The Sword in the Stone, the mm-hmm. Disney animated yes. feature, which yes. is definitely calling into Camelot sure, and all that absolutely. kind of thing. It was showing in a state theater. I don't know what that means. Uh, but we see her s- steal an Apollo bar, which is definitely mm-hmm. a lost little nod. And it like a box of candy, but anyway, it was kind of uh, like a box of raisinets, but not raisinets. It was an Apollo bar. Wasn't it? Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. So then, very much lost like, mm-hmm. when Merlin sat down to next to her. And that's what I asked. I'm in my head, I'm going, is that Merlin? I'm pretty sure yeah, it is. Yeah. And it was very much like The Apprentice sitting next to yeah, Lily, Lily on the bus. Exactly. I, I, and we mentioned it back in that episode when we talked about it. I think there are people in our life that sit down and kind of talk and give this deep information about our life in the future and how we need to really be careful. Mm-hmm. And it, it could be, you know, religious person or somebody that just kind of knows. Mm-hmm. And he started telling her, he said, look, doing something bad for the right reasons, bad things can still happen. Right. You need to. And then he kept talking and he said, leave the sword alone, yeah. leave it alone. Yeah. It was a warning. And then it was, yeah. Which again, was the inference of her taking on the darkness and the taking the dagger and becoming the dark one. He, yeah. he that's what he was referring to, of course. Well, we yeah. assume. Yeah. I, I think it's probably more than that, but anyhow. And then the mysterious person that sat next to her, it seems kind of weird, a stranger talking to a woman, <laughs> but in this case it was Merlin. Yeah. And then he disappeared. So it was very much like Jacob kind of peering yeah. With all the different uh, cast of yep. um, the characters of Lost and yeah. kind of giving them some information and, and all that. Mm, so yes. the next thing I wrote is Vancouver is gorgeous. Absolutely oh gorgeous. Spectacular. Those sound of music helicopter shots of all the yeah. different horses and yeah. all that. Just absolutely gorgeous. Yes. So it, it really is. What did it remind you of? The, the whole writing sequence and all that. It reminded me a little bit of Charming riding down the path in the, the beginning. Pilot, the pilot, definitely. That was the first thing I thought of. It, they they try to kind of tie the series opener with mm-hmm. the pilot somehow. Sure. So there's a sense of, I've seen this before. This right. is, yeah. Some so. familiarity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that was very good. But then when they arrive, 
it is uh, Arthur and his men and all that when they arrived. Correct. It, that was the Neverland Beach. It looked like it, yeah. Absolutely. It, and a matter of fact, there was a tree there with a kind of a little mm-hmm. jutting out little uh, yeah. island or isthmus or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. And that was the tree where uh, Rumpel's father yeah. was. Yeah. And I mean, so. I'm sure it was yeah. the same location, but yeah. It was very interesting. But then there was this, the idea of, and my my background, I think some other people's backgrounds is, some prophecies are very important. And this was something that was said over and over and over. Yes. Merlin prophesied mm-hmm. and said something that will be important, that will come to pass. Right. And we kind of already saw that before. He was basically prophesying or giving Emma information that's important. It's going to happen. And you need to really look yeah. out for it and yeah. be prepared for it. So, But, but I got to be honest, telling a six-year-old that? I, I understand. <laughs> yeah. I get it. I mean, <laughs> when you do you remember what you did when you were six? Well, but but there are stories and there are certain thi- there are certain things that that some people tell you that stick with you. Not everything, but anyhow. something like that, very specific like that, might potentially stick with somebody because that was a very weird, weird situation. Yes, that might be. But what he said may not have. The whole incident itself of being in the movie. I remember being in a movie theater and some guy just came and said something to me. And then I turned and looked away and then I looked back and he was gone. That I would believe a kid would remember. But the exact words, no. Yeah, yeah. I'd have trouble with that. But that's just me. It was magical. It was. And also the the other thing that was magical is he, he was dressed as an usher, somebody of authority in that theater. Right. And That's why she... she expected to give up the candy and get in trouble. Right. And he said, no, 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 it's okay. But he said, you know, and that's when he started talking. So I think there's a couple of things that happened that were really out of the ordinary. And she may remember that. But yeah, that's that's yeah. what I mean. It's just it was kind of funny to remember specifically. Don't take up the sword. She, she may not remember that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That's yeah. kind of one of those things. But again, you know, I, I know suspension of disbelief when you're talking about. Arthur's coat of arms, I believe I've seen that before. And I think that was a coat of arms or very similar to the coat of arms that Midas and his army had. I'll have to I'd have to go back and look. look I wasn't paying attention to the coat of arms at this point. I was trying to make sure I knew who was who. And I suspected, rightfully so, that the three riders were Arthur and two of his, you know, soldier guys and then the other guy was probably one of them as well and was but he had gone rogue yes which was actually a nice little mirror for what's going to you know foreshadowing what's going to happen in just a little while Mm -hmm. hook being the rogue yeah and hook being reduced to ashes metaphorically by Zelina being tricked by her Mm -hmm. same thing as what happened with this guy I started to kind of worry that that uh, I don't want to skip ahead. I'll, I'll get there, but yeah, Hook, yeah. I want to talk about Hook a yeah. little more. Yeah, yeah. So Excalibur, yes, reminded me of did Excalibur. That whole situation kind of remind you of another movie, of another movie, mm-hmm. and another situation that was well, similar. I mean, it reminded me of when David 
tried to convince Mary Margaret she was, you know, destined for greatness and to be the great leader of the land when yeah. she was trying to meet and we, Regina. We have seen, or at least the mention of Excalibur before. Absolutely. When David wanted to really kind of give her some Mary Margaret, you know, boost in yes. her ego yes. kind of a thing. Yeah. But I can't Caused think of it. believe in yeah, herself. Yeah. yeah. As far as another movie, I can't think of what you're... Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Oh, okay. When the choosing of the chalice. Oh, yeah, yeah, And if you choose right, you know, you get eternal life. Sure. And if you choose wrong, it will kill you. And Pretty so, much. The same thing with this uh, sword. Yeah. If you're the right person mm-hmm. and can wield it and take it out of the stone, yeah. then you will succeed. If not... You we get reduced to ashes, exactly. Right, right. And like I said, to me, that was a nice little foreshadowing of what was going to happen with, you know, Hook and, and that whole thing. The so. number one incredible reveal to me was when he pulled that real Excalibur out. Yes. And we saw that. Oh, dude. It wasn't a complete blade. No. And, and the tip the of the blade, blade is the dagger. Yeah, the, the dark, dark one, one dagger. dagger. The dark one dagger was made from Excalibur, mm-hmm. and if Excalibur was meant to reveal the true king, mm-hmm. taking the tip off of it, which is the most damaging part, it's not the only damaging part, but it's the most you know dangerous part of the whole thing would well, yeah. Tip of the spear is also a very interesting term, but yeah, sure. it's, it's yeah. But I'm thinking in terms sure. of when you, if you take the the t- the tip of the king's sword, mm-hmm. the king can still rule. It's just going to have to be not quite as effective. Well, let me let me just say this. I wonder if it's not as powerful if it's not together. If well, it, can you imagine? Kind of to yeah. Them, so. so I'm going to just put forth my prediction right now mm-hmm. the only way to get rid of the darkness for emma is going to somehow have to be to reunite the dagger with excalibur yeah and it and may not be emma doing it it's whoever does it mm-hmm. and either it's going to probably be merlin who does it but somebody is going to reunite the Dark One Dagger with Excalibur in order to get yeah. rid of the darkness Who, once and for all. A couple of a couple of drinking games. There's a lot of mentions of both sides of the coin, mm-hmm. darkness, light, which yep. again is a little nod to Lost. Sure. That whole sure. idea. And so we've got, I believe, the dark part of Excalibur mm-hmm. has been separated out. Yeah. Then there's the light part, the yeah. good part. Yeah. And then we talk a little later, we're going to talk about clans being uh, and not being united, mm-hmm. being united. Mm-hmm. Some, this type of thing, being separate, is running through this episode. Right. And getting back together is more powerful. Being united, being all together. Sure. So I, sure. I think that's something. It's definitely. definitely going to, it's definitely a theme. We watched. Two of the scenes mm-hmm. in tonight's episode being filmed. We did. There was a third. Actually, third we did kind of see from a distance, but yeah. I count them as four now because they didn't use the fourth one yet. That is true. 
That so. is very true. We won't talk about the fourth no, one. No, I'm, I'm not. But no. for sure, the ones we can talk about were in tonight's episode. At least so. the three, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. The, the, the first one was At Night, which was actually kind of a continuation of the scene that ended, kind of, the scene that ended last season mm-hmm. when they were in the middle of the street, yes. dark, and Emma disappeared. Right. She just was gone. Right. And... So we saw that Hook, he, he was angry mm-hmm. that Emma was taken. Right. But there was also uh, a pain in his voice mm-hmm. because he was trying to use power to bring Emma back. And then at the end, when she wasn't coming back, you could just tell his vo- there was pain in his voice. Well, and- yeah, because I think more than anything, he of all people understands and... This is definitely something that if you pay attention at the end, you'll know what I'm talking about. He didn't want to use the dagger on her mm. to control her. He's never wanted to control her. I'm going to say that again because I think right. it's important to note. He loves her so much. He wants her to make the choices. He is not about trying to control her, which is why he didn't want to use the dagger, but he knew that there was no other way to get her back than to do it. And that's why I think it pained him so much to do that, because that's so not what he wants to do at all. That's not how he wants the relationship. He doesn't want to command her in any way, shape or form. He respects her. He loves her. He wants her to you know, be her own person. And I just could not love him more because he's just, oh, my gosh. That was, that was, I mean, that was pretty intense for us to watch when it was being filmed. Yes. But it was really intense to watch now being able to hear the whole entire dialogue. We heard a lot of the dialogues. We already knew what was being said. Right. And by the way, they cut out a nice little tiny chunk we won't talk about, but I hope it shows up in the extras in the DVD when season well, five is done. But let it, me, let me say well, something really quick and then let's talk about that. That what was cut. Okay. Oh, okay. So. There was a major change tonight, and I think as this series goes on, mm-hmm. it's going to be very much different. Is that the magic and the power that, let's say, Rumpelstiltskin had, has, and Regina, I think, has to an extent, that magical power is now broken out, and it it's out of the box. Mm-hmm. They just don't, they're not interacting with it. Everyone else now is interacting with that power. Emma is having to kind of deal with it. And mm-hmm. what does it mean? And what can I do? And how do I not fall to it? And all this. And and now Hook is kind of dealing with the, the dagger. So this special kind of a thing is no longer just with the two strongest uh, persons in Storybrooke. Now it's kind of everyone. Mm-hmm. And I think... That's really going to weigh heavily on Hook, because he, yeah. he was frightened before. He goes, "Look, I've been in the, I've been in darkness before." He's worried, mm-hmm. and he should be worried. And I think he's going to be tested, and uh, yeah. I think a lot of people are going to be tested. But let's talk about that scene that that we saw being filmed. Yeah, and, yeah, it was it was quite intense. It was quite amazing, and it was one of those things you just kind of go. I know where this this picks up where we left off. I wasn't sure how far into the episode it was going to be. If it was right up front, it was the very beginning. If it was going to come into play a little bit later, and it did. And we were able to hear a lot of what was being said, but not all of the, you know, close-up dialogue. Because we were pretty far away. 
but there were, um, you know, there's so many takes and so many, you know, tense moments and, and just really, it, it was quite, it was quite amazing to watch. And, um, hook hook did an amazing job as usual. Mm-hmm. So, um, do you really want to talk about the, the deleted scene? Well, I, that's fine. Let's let's not. I guess I don't want to. I okay. think it would be that's nice fine. to kind of let people wait for the DVD to come out, and if it doesn't, we can talk about it later. All it was right. just a simple little. It wasn't even like very long. It was a teeny tiny little snippet. So, but anyway, point is, we saw that scene, and uh, that was it. Was pretty cool. There are two sides of this thing, and Lana, I think, is being the good. The Obi Wan, mm-hmm. the light, ma- magical power sage, and she is giving people information. She's the one that told Hook, mm-hmm. giving him the light bulb moment of, well, since you can't call her from all four corners of the earth or this world, guess what? She's not in this world. Right. And so, the the two main power holders from before are now having to kind of interpret and help everyone else who has got to get up on this yeah. and, and, and get, um, get taught. So the, then we see something we've seen before when Emma came up out of that dark one goo yeah, and we kind of talked about Terminator two and all that when yeah. Rumple came back yeah. uh, from well. that, that's how the dark ones are born, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The darkness consumes them, and then they go through whatever they go through. And then that portal thing, uh, that's where Rumpel came out of. Yes, right. So I do want <laughs> to say one thing. The scene in the middle of the street with Hook and the dagger and all mm-hmm. that was very tense, very intense. <laughs> but in spite of that, Regina manages to still call him Guy Liner. Yeah. I love her sense of humor so much. I do. I love the sarcastic, you know, what I call the Sawyer name name. Right. Game and with, with her, her. her Sawyerisms. Sawyer <laughs> from Lost. From Lost, yeah. And that that's okay. Sometimes I, I think it gets in the way and it's kind of like okay. She said a couple of things when we saw her film that scene. Yeah. She it was more serious and more funny, and then they went with the guy liner line. Yeah, at the end. So. Yeah, they did. So anyway, so we saw Emma come up out of the goo, the black goo, black yep. liquid goo, um, which is apparently the darkness birthing the dark one, and then Rumple. Yes, but not Rumple. Mm, okay, not really Rumple. He was the dark one. It was the dark right. one, right? And because I think that Rumple was the last one as the dark one for so long that's why it manifested itself that's the only one she knows she doesn't know the other ones but i think that that was the darkness taking on a human form and one that she would recognize would be rumpelstiltskin Mm -hmm. so and it couldn't take on the form of rumpelstiltskin mr gold it had to take on the form of rumpelstiltskin as dark one yeah there's a pretty famous little phrase it's it's the devil you know Right, and so I think right. that's kind that's of what exactly they were really alluding is. to. Yeah, and it, the the interesting thing is they're they're kind of giving little themes about the dark one. Kind of gives you this idea, you know, in the old cartoons they had the devil that appeared on your shoulder. Right, they kind of 
always be there, mm-hmm. kind of always giving you whispering in your ear, right. these little, these ideas and this and that. They're really going to give you this, basically, you know, the devil slash the dark one in this scenario mm-hmm. is basically a stalker. He just yeah. her bothers you, harasses you. He's mm-hmm. always there. I, it didn't yeah. appear that everyone saw nope. him. Nobody else saw. And just Emma. Just Emma. And so he was always there to kind of coax and prod and nudge and all that. So. Well, it was kind of like when when Rumple was caged by Zelina mm-hmm. last season. Right. When he talked about there's too many and that was how Neil, there was too many. And then when oh, he and yeah, got yeah, separated, yeah. Okay. there's mm-hmm. too many in here. And he yep. even said, he called himself at one point Gorgon. But mm-hmm. I think it's, you know, you know me best as this. Gorgon is actually Medusa and her two sisters are frequently referred to as the Gorgons. Mm-hmm. And so they were mythical creatures that were... Um, they had powers and stuff, and there's all kinds of variations on. But anyway, Gorgon means terrible or horrible. Mm. So uh, it stems from the root Greek word for terrible or horrible. Anyway, point is, it's apropos, but he, I was kind of waiting for him to call himself something else. And when he said Gorgon, I'm like, Gorgon or Gormagon? Because Gormagon's another bad one, too. Mm. We won't go into that whole chestnut, but he did refer to himself as Gorgon, but he said, no, you probably know me better as Rumpel. So clearly... There is, uh, and by the way, the Gorgons, what did the Gorgons do? Do you know? Do you no, know? No. Do you know how they, how they basically reduced their enemies to nothing or their, you know, anybody who tried to get in their way to nothing? Look into their eyes and they turn you to stone. Okay. Mm. Medusa's already dead. Right. Because Charming and Snow killed her. Mm-hmm. Gorgon is female. Because of the three sisters. Okay. Just throwing that out there. Well, and who's the first person in Once Upon a Time way back that turned something into a stone? Regina did. Right. Which turned one of the... The gnome, gnome the laughing yeah, gnome. Into a stone. And then the laughing the gnome appeared in front of her home yeah. in uh, Storybrooke. In the garden, yeah. Right. So, so yeah. yeah. That'll be interesting to see how that plays itself out. Anyway... Just kind of throwing that out there for later. So, Rumple. So he came up, and I thought I heard him whistle, whistle while you work. Oh, I I'd, thought that's. I what heard the he whistling, whistling, and I just wasn't sure which it was. But if so, that's a funny little. That's another tie to the uh, pilot. To the pilot, plus it's a tie to her mom, hmm? and yep. she would know that. So. All right, so we talked about uh, Gorgon. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then uh, Rumpel told Emma the only way to stop is to be stopped. Right. And that's a very... Life it, Life always goes back mm-hmm. to a Simon and Garfunkel song. No man <laughs> is an island. Yeah. You are not alone. Right. This life is about relationships. Mm-hmm. Relationships are not easy. Some are... Mm-hmm. Some are not. Right. And so you've got to work together with other people to get through this life. And so what he's basically saying is you cannot do everything. You need someone to do it for you or to help you. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it tough. Which one, who, how. So that was very, very interesting when he said that. And Emma initially 
and we've seen this before, you know, with Luke Skywalker and all these people. It's like, I'm, I'll never join you. I'm not right. going to go to the dark side. I'm not this and that. And you'll be tested. And Emma said, I'm not going to hurt the people I love. That's it. Right. And so she's making these statements like, I'm going to stand for what's mm-hmm. right. I'm not going to fall. I know that I'm I'm here. I'm in this place. But I, I'm not going to be like you. And, we we've heard that over and over and over. Oh, yeah. you, I'm not going to be like you. It's like, okay, we'll we'll see about that. Mm-hmm. So then we go back to our good friend. Ah, I didn't play uh, his uh, voicemail, but anyway, Timothy Weber, mm-hmm. fantastic apprentice, yeah. and he talked. We had another Star Wars moment coming up, but he said, I have a gift from Merlin. Mm-hmm. Just, he has all these magical things right <laughs> at the right moment. Well, yeah, he's so. not he's not well enough to take them to find right, Emma, right. but he has a way to make that happen. So he produces Merlin's wand. And again, we see the idea of the sage and these teachers that only go so far Mm -hmm. and they can't help you all the way to all of your journeys. They can kind of guide you. And so the apprentice said, look, here's this wand. It is, was from Merlin. It was a good, and it needs good and evil. Right. Both sides of the coin. He said to do the power. We assumed it was Regina mm-hmm. that he was, you know, and then, of course, he passes out from being so weak. But he, you know, she picks it up. She tries to wield it. Right. And nothing happens. And everybody kind of goes, come on, seriously? And she's like, well, I, okay. And then he, he, they realize what needed to happen. Well, let me, did the apprentice, do you think he died? No. Or he passed no, out? He passed out. Okay. He just said he was too weak. He's not dead. He passed out. All right, all right. If he died, then then that was going to be a Yoda moment. That would have been a great Yoda because moment. Because he was no. talking, and then he just stopped talking. So, you know, Yoda, there, <laughs> there is I think, another Skywalker. And, and it's, yeah, yeah. the big joke is always the important person says, the most important thing is, uh, and yeah, that's it. I mean, exactly. So. And that is kind of, you know, we've seen that in a number of things. But no, I believe he just passed out. I do believe, however, that was a nod to the Star Wars Yoda moment. Sure. Because right at the most important point in the story, the, you know, the Yoda master Mm -hmm. is not there to give specific directions. You have to kind of figure it out on your own. That kind of a thing. Is everybody seeing these type of little Star Wars and samurai and these kind of moments? Or am I just really... I mean, it's very clear to me. It's it's very, very clear. And especially in this episode, there's so many influences and sages and teachers and this and that. It's just, it's throughout. Yeah. Blue. We saw Blue again. We saw Blue again. again. Yay. And that's another thing they try and do is for the premiere episode Mm -hmm. and the finale, they try and bring back as many people as possible or alive. And bring them into the story. So it was nice to see Blue. Yeah, it was. It was very nice. And Hook and Regina's exchange was really incredible. Yeah. Hook really kind of came alive because there for a long time, he's kind of been in the background. He's been scared of people on on Twitter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But he's uh, been patiently waiting for Emma's confession of love and he got it right 
And then the minute she does it, she's taken away. Mm-hmm. He wants to be with her. Yeah. Because he loves her. He wants to be with her. So now he's desperate to get her back any way he can, mm. by any means necessary. But I, I love the idea because obviously when they write this series, and I know they're frustrating things, and, and we notice it too, everybody. We, we, are, we do not wear rose-colored glasses. Right. Like, oh, my gosh, every moment, every page we turn in the script is just the most perfect. No. We, we, we see it just like you yeah. do. Yeah. And but I really it was really interesting to hear Hook tell Regina, you're too good now. Yeah. You you You've done too much good. The bad is gone. Yeah. And so we've seen hearts kind of turn from good to bad and bad to good and all these different yeah. things. And so basically what he's saying is you you've gone too far. You're soft. She Which, goes, you want me to take yeah. that hook of yours and show your intestines? Yeah. I thought that was hilarious. Well, and, and he kind of, and I don't mean this wrong way, but he was kind of giving her the, the, the Emma kind of flirtiness, but he was trying to make a point. He, he says, you've got the fire, but you don't, not the, the darkness. You, you know. Basically, you, your bark is worse than your bite yeah. at this point in time. And I thought that was interesting because I don't know if maybe he was doing it to bait her into that so that she would fire it up and, and get ready to do something that needed to be done that clearly she couldn't really do because she has gone good and that's great. She still has that, you know, fire in her sure, yeah, yeah. and that passion and yeah. that, she has a little bit of a hair trigger, but she's less inclined to act on it. She's controlled it so much better than she ever did before. So I know I love this Regina. Just like I, I talked about when we interviewed uh, the Geeks of the Galaxy guys mm-hmm. is that she is like an old gunfighter. Mm-hmm. Oh, she has had some battles and she knows what she's doing. Yeah. But now she just kind of takes a step back. She, she doesn't, doesn't need to go out, drag right, everybody in right. and have another She'll come out fight. of retirement if she needs to, but right. she isn't going to, she isn't going Not every five minutes. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So it's, it's nice to see the seasoned, more controlled mm-hmm. Regina. She is not powerless. No. And she's not weak. And she's not toothless either. No, 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 no. She so, just has better control. I love how the writing of the script says, okay, we need to get Zelina back there. And all they need to do <laughs> is say, well, we need something wicked. And then, then Regina, no, no. No, we oh, are no. not. You're not. No. We are not taking my sister. Yeah, she is yeah. not. We're not going to deal with her. And then as we find out, we kind of don't have a choice. I just I love this cast. Mm-hmm. They've been together so long that it's really it's like family, and yeah. they they really they're just so good with each other. I mean they're they're such great actors, but it's it's like a family too. So I noticed that we saw another. What, what did the author show himself as? In, the peddler. So we saw another peddler tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This wasn't the author, unfortunately. No. I mean, no. there's probably some that wish that was the author. Yeah. Like, we'll we'll yeah. finish him off. But I like the author. Yeah. Which, uh, what happened to him? Uh, he's on vacation somewhere in Florida. 
That was a great uh, pre-little special before the episode, too. And they, and they asked him, what what would the people of Storybrooke do if there wasn't, like, you know, um, a wraith attack or something like that? And they said, well, we'll probably go to Florida, take a vacation. <laughs> and Robin Hood said, ah, we'll, we'll take everybody on a picnic to the park, you know. So anyway, it was kind That's of funny. funny. But um, so, yeah, this kind of... And what they needed to do was write a scene to show how out of control Emma was with this dark power. Yeah. But we've seen that before right. with the whole Elsa uh, sure. storyline. Sure. When Henry was coming and she yeah. would stay away and she motioned, pushed him back. And so she's. But in this case, but in that case, it was fear that was driving it. This okay. case, she is fighting the darkness. Yeah. So she is not. I don't think she's afraid so much as she's just fighting the darkness. And the worst part is, is she feels like she's going crazy because she's got this rumpled dark mm-hmm. one in her head, but not really. He's outside yeah. telling her what's going on and, and kind of pushing her over the edge and teasing her and tempting her and, and uh, making it really tough on her. So that's what I think. But she pulled a Vader lift off the ground oh, totally and did. force choke and all that. And, uh, yeah. And then, Really, we see the Anakin and Palpatine training. But what's interesting is, is that Rumple had to teach uh, Regina, and Rumple had to teach Zelina. Mm-hmm. With Emma, she's got it. He doesn't have to teach her anything. She, she wants to, to learn how to it. control yeah. it. Yeah, see? she seems. Oh, to be able or maybe to she. It. Maybe the the teaching began last season. It did. It absolutely and, and did. And so that that's what it is. But oh, we're we're yeah. so used to we're so used to Rumple kind of saying, "Okay, reach down." And well, maybe he did. Uh, maybe Regina maybe it's taught already her. Happened. Regina okay. taught her right. magic. Yeah. So I think that's pretty cool. Regina that's probably her saving Emma saving Grace now. Absolutely. Is that Rumple did not teach her from right. the beginning? Right. Dark and one so, didn't teach her. Yeah. So we we may. Yeah. That may come into play, so put that in your in your little cap sure. there, folks. Just remember that. Sure. Uh, we, but definitely Emma is struggling to conquer the dark power so that mm-hmm. it doesn't conquer her. And that's another thing is that if you let it control, if you if you continue to use it, it will take you over. Well, Snow warned her. A bunch of different people warned her. It's kind her. of like a drug almost because even at one point, Rumple Dark One even said to her, um, you how know, feel? how did it taste? Yeah. You've had a taste. You're going to want to have more of it. He asked uh, Regina the same question. Absolutely. And Regina, actually, the way she was talking to Archie mm-hmm. in Storybrooke, it really gave you the sense of it's like a drug. Mm-hmm. And she said, mm-hmm. well, I basically, I used again. I, I used magic again. Yeah. And yeah. so th- that is part of it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think it's very addicting. And so... Rumbellers rejoice. We still yeah. have something going on. And yeah. I know a lot of Rumbellers are very kind of concerned, really taking Adam to task. And he said, no, 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 don't don't worry. Mm-hmm. And so Blue said, okay, listen, Bell, I know that you want to stay by side, but you need to go and help. Mm-hmm. Here, let me give you something straight from Beauty and the Beast. Let me give you this rose. <laughs> as long as the rose has petals. Yes. He still lives. He still lives. Yeah. And so we're probably going to see down to the last one, and that'll be kind of an exciting thing. But so I thought thought that was really neat for Belle to have something. 
Yeah, See? that was very interesting that she did connect it. And it's funny because we originally thought that the rose that he turned, uh, what's his face, Gaston into mm-hmm. in what, season one? Yeah. We thought that was the, you know, the nod to the Disney movie. Yeah. It was not. Yeah. This it is the skin, nod. Skin deep. I'm it like, was. Yeah. 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 So Zelina is just, just giggly gleeful that mm. everyone needs her now oh, and yeah. coming back and it's just really kind of interesting and, mm-hmm. and fun that the the best villains well the villains i enjoy are just so smart that they lay out the plan and just wait mm-hmm. now that's kind of boring for a lot of the time sure but then when the plan starts going and the stuff that they've been waiting for starts to happen. Mm-hmm. Just like Zelina's like, oh, here you are. Mm-hmm. Hello. I've been <laughs> waiting, you know. So yeah. it's 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 kind of cool. And we've seen this eternal forest before. Remember Charming mm-hmm. was sent there and Rumple talked to him because he was running around yeah. and round and round. <laughs> and that's what Circles. Emma was saying. Is yeah. I've, uh, I wanted to say something about Emma's costume really fast. She... It's kind of like a, I would say, swan or a fowl bird mm-hmm. evolving with the feathers and things. Okay. She had this kind of young chick, kind of yeah. feathery thing. Uh, yeah. Uh, definitely Actually, a, a Star Wars hood and robe. Definitely had that look. But it was feathery. And we've seen a lot of feathers in a lot of different costumes before. Yes. And I'm so. going to throw something else in here to tie in with what you're saying. We know this for a fact because we've actually seen this. An adolescent swan is gray. Oh, okay. Not white. Wow. Not black. Mm-hmm. Gray. Yeah. In fact, baby swans, cygnets, are also little gray chicks. Mm. They're kind of wispy. I actually have some images of... A mother swan and her her offspring, and it's a gray swan. Hmm. It will eventually turn white when it gets older. But it is, yeah, it's fascinating that that's, I didn't even think about that, but you're right. That's a brilliant, brilliant pull. And then as she grows and goes down this path, right. then she becomes very sleek and similar to Rumpel's dark one, but not exact. It's yeah, very, exactly. Very it's different. it's different. Yeah, I did get a picture of her in the van, but you I did. never posted it. Oh my and gosh! I will post yeah, it tomorrow. That I'll was post it tomorrow. unbelievably epic when we saw yeah. that. We were like, "Oh my gosh, she is right there!" Yeah. So we're we're yeah. gonna go long. It's already forty two minutes. That's all right. So. We're gonna go a little long. All season right. season premiere. All right. So then then Rumple gives her the. First inclination of basically how he travels. It's mm-hmm. a picture in your mind yep. where you want to go, yep. and you'll go there. Mm-hmm. And then she said, "No, no, no! I don't want to use magic. You know, I'll, I'll take the Greyhound bus or whatever." Because no, you know, whatever. Then we see more of Merida, a brave mm-hmm. story with these uh, Will of the Wisps. Mm-hmm. So, yep. They were flying around, and so... It was one that flew around, Mm -hmm. which is interesting because it was slightly different. It looked exactly like the ones they used in the movie. Looked like kind of fish in little... Yeah, they're wisps. But what is interesting is is that the wisps in Brave 
It was. It would make pop up appearances. It would lead you where you needed to go, and it would pop up and disappear almost immediately. This one kind of flew through the air. Yeah. So slightly different. Um, but it looked exactly the same. It was very, very well done. I was very impressed with the CGI on this. So, and that the the wisp, Rumpel told Emma the wisp would lead her to Merlin. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. All right. So Zelina said, "Let me see that wand that they got from the mm-hmm. apprentice," and supposedly, see, and this is kind of. It's like a video game, but it's it's very interesting to these type of stories. You just can't – if you want to do something important like a portal or something, mm-hmm. you just can't make it. Uh, now, the only rare occurrence is if you have the magic bean, right. that'll make the portal. But most of it takes at least two to three things. Two to three different things yeah. that you have to go find or get or it's right. dangerous or whatever. And so they have this wand, and then Zelina says it also needs an object that means something to Emma. So then they go, "Well, what is that?" I don't know. I, I thought I thought for a second it may it may have been Hook. I don't I don't know. I but, was thinking it was going to be Hook or maybe her red jacket or something to that effect. But so. the interesting thing is they needed Zelina to find Emma, yeah. and that's another thing is. The person that you lock away, that you keep hidden, mm-hmm. that's the person that you need well, to... Can you imagine if they'd killed her? Right. Yeah. See? Mm-hmm. So. Worth more uh, alive than dead. Absolutely. All right. So Amy Manson, the fantastic actress playing Merida. She I think did. she nailed a lot of it. She, she got the did. accent. But I notice her motions and the way she kind of turned her head and uh, fired the arrows and all that. She really, really, I think, did a great job. She did do a fantastic job. So So, um, she reminded me so much of Katy Perry with a big red poofy wig on. Yeah. What's interesting about that is I'm a Katy Perry fan. Katy Perry. She... um, Believe it or not, she, Katy Perry, if I'm not mistaken, did a guest episode on a show that I watch. And I'm double checking because I want to say it was um, Raising Hope. Okay. She was a security prison guard named Ricky. And she had on a red curly wig. And Mm. she had, I mean, seriously, Amy Manson looked just like that. It was Mm kind of crazy. I was like, I kept looking at her going, it's Katy Perry. It's Katy Perry. It's Katy Perry. And it's not. But they look very, 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 very similar. So, anywho, that's what I wanted to bring up. I need to focus back on our notes. I was thinking about And by the way, Amy Manson is Scottish. So I love the fact that she didn't have to fake the accent. And I know it was kind of a little bit later in the episode, but I do think it was hilarious that Rumpel, as as uh, Merida was talking, Rumpel said something about her ridiculous accent. What did she say? It's a it's an over-the-top accent. Right, right, right. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> Which is hilarious because if you hear Robert Carlyle's real, normal, regular-speaking accent, it can be very difficult to understand him Something sometimes because his brogue is so... Mm-hmm. Scottish and so thick that you have to kind of go, wait, what did he say? <laughs> well, and if you watched that special before, you've heard that. And it is really yeah. kind of tough to follow. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So 
Merida's going to help Emma get rid of her dark magic. They mm-hmm. discuss the Hill of Stones. That's where the wisps are. Again, Hill of Stones is a very Tolkien-esque, well, you know, yes. m- Mount yeah. Doom. They yeah, have these yeah, yeah. very kind of descriptive Descriptive. Things. But Hill of Stones, think about it. Sword in the Stone. Mm-hmm. Right. That was yet another nod mm-hmm. to that. And, of course, it was very much like the, you know, the movie Brave. Very, very close to what was in the, the movie there. Yeah, and I was somewhat correct. I did write a blog post and I go, Henry will somehow be tempted mm-hmm. or coerced to be the author again. Mm-hmm. We saw that scene. Yeah, we did. Hook, Hook walked in and said, look, get the pen, whatever you need to do, write your mom out of trouble. And he said, like, I can, I broke it. Yeah. So unfortunately, it seems like he cannot be the author again. But Hook has this other way, the very dangerous way. I still think Henry's going to end up being the author somehow and not in the way we think. I don't think he's going to be able to rewrite anything. I think that somehow he's going to record the history. Will he use an actual pen to do so? Don't know. Well, and Emma and he both said the same phrase. He said, that's too much power. She said the same thing. Exactly. About uh, uh, the dagger and all that. Yeah. So the... But then Hook, I love Hook Hook being Hook, and again, showing how easy it is to slip into the darkness. Yep. Your mom wouldn't like it if you did that, but uh, what if you did something that your other mom wouldn't like to help your mom? Okay, so now I can say what I was thinking is, it almost seems like Hook is being controlled by something not good. Because he's doing things that aren't I don't... honorable. I mean... No, I think he's, he's doing he's doing things that Merlin warned little Emma exactly. about. Doing bad things right. for the right reasons. Right. Bad things, things can still happen absolutely. to you. Exactly. And that's so, exactly what we saw. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying I truly believe that I don't think he's being controlled by something bad. What I do believe is that he's allowing his love for Emma to cloud his judgment on mm-hmm. the right thing to do. So I think at some point Regina is going to basically kind of come back at him like he went to her yeah. and say, well, you said I'm soft. I think you're, you're lovesick and it's affecting your, yeah. you know, yeah. yeah, you know, you you were honorable and now you're doing all kinds of stuff yeah. and it's dangerous and you need to stop. But right. you watch, I'm, I'm, I'm it, it will probably going to be some kind of a scene like that. Yeah. So it turns out if you whisper to a wisp, you own that wisp. Mm-hmm. So. The then Merida has trouble sleeping like Emma did, but Rumple said, "Ah, dark ones don't need to sleep. That's why I spin straw." Yeah, you need a hobby. It's Do like, you like well, to knit? Kind of yeah, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Do you like to knit? Yeah. And that actually would have been a really good clue if we thought about it. That that was the the important object to her: the blanket, the right, knit right. blanket, mm-hmm. the one that Granny knit. Everything's so, tied together. And the, the other great revelation tonight, the nurse at the underground cell, the loony bin, mm-hmm. the nurse is Nurse Ratchet. Mm-hmm. I I screamed. I said, that is so cool. Didn't we know that before? No. 
No, we didn't know for I, sure. I, I assumed. I called her Nurse Ratchet. Just we did. Like okay, because I thought at one point many other. I thought at one point Regina that, called her so. Nurse Ratchet, but anyway, yeah, we've all. I mean, we all That's knew not that. Confirmed. Oh yeah, hi. It, we all know it's one flew over the cuckoo's nest because hello, the guy with the mop. Right, yeah, but in the um, IMDb, I think the nurse is original uh, term for her. Um, character name character was stern nurse yeah she's just a stern nurse yeah but now she got a name i think it's now fantastic got, yeah it's very so, funny thanks adam and eddie Woohoo! you listen to us i guess that's fantastic <laughs> all right so the zelina yes hook threatened her with the rest of the enchanted hook potion yeah which he used back in season three yes to get aurora's well, he was going to no, use, it on, use it on Cora. Yeah, and he yeah, didn't yeah. use it on anybody. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So. So it was kind of nice, mm-hmm. you know, when you've when you watch all these seasons and they kind of bring back things they've used before. Mm-hmm. I, I guess he was very, very. He didn't use all the potion. He was just very, very good. What, what kind of jacket does Hook have? He, Hook has all these little pockets for all kinds of really interesting well, things. When you're a pirate, you need places to hide secret treasures. Yes. And what better way to do that than put them on your person? So you don't have to carry on a map and hope and pray you don't. somebody else doesn't find it. So Zelina has such a great protection spell. It protects against enchanted hooks and all kinds of things. Emma just had a heart that you can't take out. It basically stops at the uh, at the the bones, mm-hmm. so you can't do it. But yeah. Zelina, magical protection spell, even against the uh, hooks. Well, so, yeah, because it's protecting her heart. And then I was like terrified he was going to use the hook to try and take the baby out temporarily. I was like, oh no no no, let's oh, not go no, there. No. That would have been that's, creepy. That's no. That would have been wrong and creepy. That's a different cable channel. Well, because I'm thinking show. to myself, he needed some sort of leverage. Yeah. yeah. And he was already on the dark path. I would have thought that's where he would have gone with it. As angry as people get and say, well, you know, Adam and Eddie do that, I know they would not do that. I would hope Boy, not to. No. I was really kind of worried that that was a potential for, you know, what, but. Really quick, it, there was this incredible story, uh, a movie. I think it was a, a British film or something, but it was about a guy that was on a train, chained up, going to his demise in some prison somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so he cut his hand off and then created these little gadgets like a gun and this and that so he could escape <laughs> and this and that. And so... It, it kind of reminded me a bit of that. I mean, sometimes in life, no, I'm not going to say that. But anyway, in this script, Zelina really was backed up against a wall. And she goes, I got to get this cuff off. And the only way I can do it is just cut my hand off and the cuff. Then I'll get the cuff off, put my hand back on, you know. Well, yeah, when she had her powers back, that was no. Poor Dr. Whale, his arm was off. I know. And he had to go to Rumpel to get well, it back because he has no magic. On. He has no magic. He I has know. Science. I just science. I know. Science, no magic. Blinded me with science. But anyway, so she cut her hand off, got the cuff off. See? Put it back on. And then she disappeared. Yeah. Now that that's not a 
if you're going to break somebody out, that's not how you want it to end. No, no. For them to escape. See, see? Yeah. proves again, Hook is not thinking with his head. He's thinking with his heart. And his Aww. heart wants him to go get Emma. And I get that. But he's not thinking with his head. So he's trying to be all rogue. And he's he's panicking. Mm-hmm. You know, he's kind of panicking, going, we got to get her. we got to get her back. You know, yeah, you do. But here's the problem. you got to go about it the right way. So the fact that when he tried to explain to Regina why he did what he did, she's like, you're an idiot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's not going to work. You're an idiot. Yeah. I really love, you know, and this goes back to, I'm going to mention a bunch of movies tonight. It goes back to one of my favorite movies is uh, Braveheart. Mm -hmm. And the one thing William Wallace did was to unite the clans, which Mm is kind of a... A bit of a brave thing a little bit here and there. But I think it was interesting that Snow basically unites the group. Yeah. Listen, listen. She just stopped. We need to stop all this. Everybody just We need to, to down, yeah. work together. And she even mentioned Neverland. Remember that? Yeah. We need to work together. Yeah. To go get my daughter. Yeah. We've it's about my daughter. This. It's not about any of this stuff. It's about, you know. So, you know, she saved you. She saved this. Yes. Blah, blah, blah. And right. I love the fact that, you know, Regina and Snow are very united in this and wanting to get Emma back. Um, yeah. That was that was a great scene. That's a great little thing about uh, fandom, too, is that united, we can do powerful, incredible mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. But separate and fighting, you just really can't. So. Right. I was looking for where Zelina was going to appear because we know that she can shapeshift and change and all right, this. Right. For a second, I thought that um, Robin was Zelina. I did too. When Regina came into the Mary Margaret uh, apartment. apartment. Yeah, the Charming's apartment. Don't, it's not Mary Margaret's okay. apartment. It's the Charming's. Right. Don't leave David out of there. All right. All <laughs> right. So then it turns out that Zelina turned into her sister. Which was... And then she had the nerve to like mock him mm-hmm. and say, you know, you couldn't tell it was me when I first walked in. And you, I mean, you really couldn't tell when I was marrying. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. Mm. So then the next scene, the next scene was kind of like another high noon kind of a thing. There's, there's a lot of these high noon situations. <sighs> yeah. In the middle of the intersection. Yep. And we saw this one being filmed as well. Yes. And I have to say, hats off to the production crew. Oh, yeah. And the producers and the planning of all these shots is that we stood watching this whole thing. Mm -hmm. And I remember all the equipment and all the sound stuff. So wherever the camera's pointing... The other side is all the tents and all the mm-hmm. sound equipment. They have all this wireless stuff so everyone can communicate. And you couldn't see a thing except for you saw one little tourist guy kind of walking down the street. Yeah. Well, in the way, way, way back, right yeah. up by the cannery, I could see a person walking I, up I by the cannery. Yeah, I, I, I which look. and that's only because I knew to look there to see because mm-hmm. I was looking to see was there anything I could because I already saw the scene being filmed so I didn't need to know what was being done in there because I I knew how it was gonna you know end but I definitely saw that and I was like and it was and it was so you know faint and so blurry so most people wouldn't pick that up but yeah you can kind of see some touristy people or some folks walking up by the cannery it's pretty funny because uh, they they hit a lot of. These the side the stuff on the side because they had an overhead shot when they walked yeah. forward yeah but there was a huge 
okay, uh, in the in between the rabbit hole door mm-hmm. and the Storybrooke hardware, yeah. there was a mass group of people oh. watching. This huge group of Couple people. Couple hundred. Easily. Oh, yeah. Easily. And, and we were on the other side over by the library, in between the library and Marine Garage, yeah. watching. Yeah. So there was about, I don't know, 20 of us mm-hmm. compared to this huge group on the other yeah. side. Yeah. So, but it was, uh, it was really fun to way the see how they cut it all together. Yeah. You couldn't tell a thing. No. You could not, not see at all. anything. Yeah. And that, that's really a testament to uh, what they do. Yeah, it is. So to, to let the fans watch. Yep. And post spoilers. Uh, and yeah. then cut it together for the show mm-hmm. and you can't see anything. Yeah. That's really. Yeah. Uh, it's funny because now I now I fully understand exactly what I saw when we, when that film, uh, scene was being filmed. Mm-hmm. Belle was holding something in her arms and I didn't know what it was. And it looked like a milk jug. And I was like, what is she got? What does she yeah, have in her yeah, hand? Yeah, it's the, the flower. It was the flower. That was one thing. The other thing was I knew Zelina had the necklace, but I didn't know what the necklace was for. Because mm-hmm. at that point in time, I kind of I, w- I thought I knew what it was. And then I also saw her with what I thought was the dagger, but it was the wand. Yeah. So that, that explains it, so much, you know, now looking back on what we saw. It's a tricky line that you walk. Yeah. I posted pictures that we took there, but yeah. there were a lot of them I did not. Oh, because it yeah. had it had Regina holding the wand. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could see the cuff on yeah. uh, Rebecca Mater's wrist. Mm-hmm. So there was all these different things. Is it, yeah, we saw her put that cuff we on. We saw her put the cuff on, yeah. So I had to be really careful which pictures I posted. Yeah. And uh, so I can post all of them now, obviously. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. anyway, it was just, it, it's interesting watching it being filmed and then yeah. watching it later yeah. on the show. Yeah. So the. Uh, Regina said something really interesting. It said, our family exploits pain. Mm-hmm. And that makes a lot of sense because Cora said, no, oh. your love is weakness. And yeah, weakness. absolutely. So that's and that is the truth. Even, even Rumpel does that to a certain extent. And I think Regina, she was talking about herself, Zelina, and Cora, I think, more specifically. But I think she was also extending it a little bit to the extended family because they're all family now. Right. And they've all kind of, on some level, exploited somebody else's pain. The you already brought up the accents a bit much yeah, thing, yeah. Um, and that was funny. As things progressed between Emma and Merida now, mm-hmm. because Merida's basically standing in Emma's way mm-hmm. to get the Wisp to help her conquer the darkness, mm-hmm. and then Rumple becomes. Palpatine in Revenge yeah. of the Sith. Oh, very much And so. he just says, kill her. Do yeah, it. Yeah, just do, do it. it. Do it. Yeah, he's done that before. Yeah. He, he's he egged on Regina, Regina as well. yeah. So, I mean, this is his M.O. Very much so. And so... But that's the dark one. That is the whole thing of... It's that you wouldn't... you. The dark one makes you do things you wouldn't normally do. Right. So even with the potential for darkness in somebody... There has to be a catalyst to let it out and to make it happen. And that dark one is the one. And again, you know, we've seen Emma had the the potential for darkness put into Lily. But Emma didn't. And Emma, but yet Emma did act upon dark impulses. Right. Right. She wasn't a good little girl her whole life. 
But so what I'm saying is, I'm wondering if there is that that darkness that was kind of there. If Rumple was some sort of background influence, without Emma even knowing it or realizing it, kind of like the Usher, something she wouldn't necessarily remember. Be interesting to see if there was any sort of trace of that through her life that would you know kind of push mm-hmm. her into that because it is that whole it's that you know the devil made me do it the little right. voice in your head that tells you to do something you know you shouldn't the two you know the devil and the angel sitting on your shoulder it's a, it's the same principle everybody has that your conscience versus you know the the badness and and so yeah i'm not justifying anything here no, but i no, do no, want to say this is that Unless you are in a situation with someone and then you kind of have your, you know, your judgmental finger pointing at someone. Why did you do that? And it's like sometimes being in that situation, you do something because it seems right at that moment. Maybe you're influenced. Mm-hmm. And and the real question is not why did you do that, but what made you make that decision? And and when you start to really kind of pull all these things apart, you know, we have the dark one mm-hmm. influencing her right. into doing something. And then he's kind of interpreting the situation. Mm-hmm. She's standing in your way. You've got to get her out of your way. Kill her. And and, and that kind of a thing. So it's it's very interesting to see these situations in all of it. Right. So now what I find interesting is Emma is basically panicking because she's scared. She's terrified on the one hand of she doesn't know what to expect because clearly, I mean, there's no book you can read for this, right? That it's going to prepare you for this. But more importantly, I think she's scared to death that she will cave into the darkness and she will give into it and that she will become dark and evil. And she doesn't want that. And I think that's why she's panicking because, you know, I think a more level headed, not fearful Emma might have stopped and said, wait a second, there's always a way around this. This isn't, there's got to be another way. That's normal level headed Emma. This is terrified Emma. So I totally get why she, you know, it, it was a struggle. It's the really a famous charmings line. Mm-hmm. There's another way. There's always got to be another way. We, yeah. we will find it. There's another way. And so where. Uh, the dark one is now telling Emma, mm, the way to do it is right here. Well, I'm telling you what to do. And the funny thing is, actually, if Emma were to stop and think about it, and again, I get it. She's totally scared. But if she were to totally think about it, the dark one lies all the time. Mm-hmm. So if she thought about it, she would realize that he was lying to her about stuff. And that is very much the the way the dark one is. It's just, you know, tells you whatever you need to hear to get you to do something you would not normally do. Honestly. The other thing, too, is I wonder where she's got the dark one kind of sitting outside, kind of influencing her from outside. Did Rumpel have the same thing that's happen? A, well, that's a very, very good question. When he and first who was became... That? The dark one, would it have been Zoso, who was the one before him? Would it have been the same one that looks like him because that's what he would have known? That's a very, very good question. But I am fascinated to know whether or not he had the same sort of influence and at what point did he uh, 
cave into it and and give himself over to the dark one because that's really what happened i i would think that rumple's dark one would be him mm-hmm. i don't know i could be wrong but well i mean yeah. and that's why it looks the way it does but my point is is that mm-hmm. and that's that also feeds into what we were talking about earlier so emma right now is emma holy emma she has the dark one she's been marked as the dark one but at this point in time she's not the dark one and when you say you know holy it's the w-h-o yes L-L-Y. completely yep. not right. as in divine you know <laughs> right. but what i'm saying is when rumple made the statement there's too many of us in here yes there's only room for two the dark one mm-hmm. and who you really are those two at least you can kind of handle sort of so to speak Mm -hmm. when neil was in there then it became neil so now neil and how many others we we talked about this a while back yeah i don't want to go over too much right now because i know we're running really really over but point is is that i think that with this at this point in time at this point in the episode emma is just emma by herself just emma we will see when, and and we we don't know right now at what point she will give herself over to the dark one, but we know she does. So Zelina opened up a cyclone portal. Yes, she did to take her mm-hmm. back to Oz. Yep, and so they kind of hijacked that cyclone absolutely by using the baby blanket which Mm -hmm. is what meant so much to emma it meant more to her than anything else because it's the only thing she's kept from all of her years Mm -hmm. all the things she has been given and i know she hasn't probably been given much because you know she was in foster care for so long but the fact is that's the one thing that she has kept and has been consistent in her life from the beginning Here's something really fun. The, the next time you want to rewatch the uh, see, all the seasons from season one, is to really look and spot the uh, baby blanket. Mm-hmm. The first time you see it is when Henry comes to visit her in the pilot. Mm-hmm. You can see it draped over the chair, yeah. and you can also see it when she unpacks it mm-hmm. at Mary Margaret's house. Then you can see it when Ava and Nicholas came over to Mary Margaret's um, apartment, mm-hmm. and she holds it. Yeah. And, and and we're expecting something to happen. Um, and we also see Granny uh, knitting it at yeah. the War Council table. So it is fun to kind of see that, that blanket. It's definitely been there throughout it has. Uh, the show. It absolutely has. And so it was called a cyclone. Then it was called a twister. Mm-hmm. Just very Oz-ish. Mm-hmm. And... Grumpy says, no, I'm going to, in the face of danger, we're staying here. Don't yeah. shoo me out of here, Regina. Don't don't say adults only, whatever. We're staying. Because they've always been committed to snow. Mm-hmm. You don't, you don't bow right. to Snow White and not mean it. Right. And they even really were kind of like Snow's big brothers. Mm-hmm. And really not trusting Charming. Remember yeah. that that oh, whole yeah. thing? There was a time when they said, no, nah, he's just he's just basically a gold digger. Mm-hmm. He's coming to just for your money and yep. your power. Yeah. And we really don't like him. And yeah. it took a little bit of time for Charming to get in their good graces. So it doesn't surprise me. that. And did you notice 
how that whole scene with them started with the door opening. There's a hurricane. Yeah, right. <laughs> Grumpy he is, is kind of like the weatherman, the, he, but he's also the, he's, you know. He's the town crier. He's town always, crier, but he's also yeah. the the watchman on the tower. Yes. He's absolutely the one who tells everyone when there's impending doom or when there's some sort of supernatural thing going on, he's the one who runs around and warns everyone. I thought that was really and funny. That's, and, and that's and totally that's totally works. And yeah, if it's, I I am convinced that if the dwarves were not in Storybrooke, that town would fall apart. I'm yeah. serious. Oh, because totally if you would. look even, I mean, here's another thing you can look for. Look for the dwarves. Where are they? They're mining for diamonds. Mm-hmm. They're helping out. I mean, we had Happy and I think it was uh, Sleepy down there with Mary Margaret at the electric company. Mm-hmm. There's always these very interesting things that they're doing. They get themselves in trouble. Poor Sneezy sure. went over the line to yeah. test the. Well, I mean, that was they kind pushed of sad. It over though. <laughs> but but yeah, it was it was. It's but, interesting to see how they really keep the town together. Yeah, they they're kind not of do. the mayor. No, but they're very important to well, this town. So they are now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. All right, so we see. The dark one become mm-hmm. Palpatine again. Use your anger, mm-hmm. of which. He basically said the same thing to Regina. Oh yeah, it's it's an emotion. Yeah, it's you've a got deep, to and it's feel it. Be intense. Yes, yeah. right. So the and then Hook really became a charming in a way when he said, "No, no, no, Emma, we can find a way." The well, way they, yeah. So the Twister, I love the fact that the yeah. Twister took them, and I mean the way they all were just. It was very interesting how that whole thing was done. Fantastic again, fantastic CGI. How they yeah, li- lifted yeah. grannies completely out of the middle of you know Storybrooke, and then I really um, loved the whole just everybody kind of clinging to each other and protecting everybody and holding on. And you know they were they they realized they were actually on their way to to actually save Emma, and I thought that was really kind of cool. It was just a very cool moment. It was they're all together. Then we have the <clears throat> the moment when Emma yanks. Uh, Merida's heart out and she starts to squeeze and we've seen that a lot of times and to me when someone who is learning the darkness and all that is that's really the rite of passage when you yank someone's heart out and you kill them yeah it's also kind of the magic rite of passage as well when Regina did that to the um the unicorn. Mm-hmm. So. You know what bothered me the most, I think, about that whole thing was Merida's reason for needing the Will-O-Wisp when she finally told Emma what it was. That, the you know, the United Clans or whatever had kidnapped her baby brothers, her little brothers. Yeah, yeah. Her father has passed away. Mm-hmm. Her mother, we don't know if her mother's still around or not. She's now the queen. And... Or at least the princess, but yeah, I'm pretty sure she's the queen. And so the fact that they're, you know, she's kind of in a similar situation to Elsa in that, you know, somebody who has no right to the throne of her kingdom is trying to take it over. And she's trying to protect her family and her people. Right. She's doing something 
for a noble reason. And she's not doing anything that's going to hurt anybody. She's just whispering to, capturing a will of the wisp, whispering to it what she needs, and it's going to help her. And then she's going to go, you know, be brave, right? Right. What bothered me the most was not once did Emma go, okay, look, let me whisper so I can get Merlin. I can get rid of this. I still have light magic. I can help you. What happened mm. to helping her instead of, I need this for myself? That's a very selfish, selfish thing. Right. And that's where, that's why I think it was easiest for Emma to just cave to the darkness and pull the heart out. Yeah, she had the taunting of Rumpel, Dark One. But I honestly believe that she, because she didn't make that choice to help, she forgot that that's their family motto. You know, they help everybody. Mm-hmm. Right, they're the heroes. The fact that she didn't, she's not behaving like one, is uh, what. And I know that's part of the story, and I get that. But it just, I was like, "Come on, Emma, you can do this. You know this. This is not how you normally behave." And it's funny because she's so worried about fighting the darkness and fending it off and not caving into it, and she wants to get rid of it. It's all about herself. She's not thinking about anybody else right now. She's not even thinking about Henry. She's right. thinking about herself. But again, remember when I brought up the fact is that people will say, well, why did you do that? And being being embroiled in all that, that's tough. That's a, totally that's a get it. Oh, no, no, I, I understand. And and it is it's a fight. It's a battle. And yeah, she hasn't begun to she has not begun to fight yet. She's she's made statements and proclamations of I will not hurt the people that I love. Mm. saying it and doing it are two completely Correct. different things. Correct. I, I want to make it very clear. I'm not bashing the writers yeah, in yeah, yeah. any way, shape, or form. I still thoroughly, beyond thoroughly, enjoyed tonight's episode. I thought it was fantastic. I'm just as in love with the show as I was season one. So I, I don't want people to think that. I'm just talking about the character development of how Emma... You know, this is more of an observation. She didn't do those things, which is why it's easy to see why it's very obvious that it's easy for her to cave into the darkness at this point. I enjoyed the exchange between Merida and Emma after Mm -hmm. it's basically kind of uh, Emma saying, I'm sorry, I almost killed you. Um, (laughs) You understand, don't you? And she goes, well, thank you for sort of understanding yeah and showing me your dark side yeah and i think there is a point and i know i'm gonna tread on thin ice and i'm pretty good at it that there's this idea that there's two of people there's two sides to people there's the outside that in front of people it's what you really want to be you want to be this good person and then there's popular person or this then there is the truth who you really are Mm -hmm. when no one's around when no Mm -hmm. one's looking Mm -hmm. i'm not trying to get too deep but i mean they they brought this up so yeah they did it's very interesting when you're very honest with someone it's kind of like a human kind of like an aa meeting it's just like hey you know this is me this is honestly who i am and Merida was very, it was very interesting. She said, thanks for showing me your darkness. It 
reminds me, you know, I have mine too. And the thing is, we all have darkness in us. Absolutely. We all have the capability to do certain things. Sure. And in certain situations, when things line up, we could do just about anything. And I think we're we're so used to people saying, well, I would never do whatever. It's like, are you sure? Are, are you sure? Yeah. I mean, and, and I think... That's what's really great about relationships, whether it's a dating relationship or possibly siblings, a marriage situation is this. I'm being honest. I, I I did that. I said that. I thought that. I felt that. And there is kind of a freeing to that. Say, mm-hmm. well, I, I've felt that, too. And that's why these groups that are created by people that have... You know, uh, drawing to drugs or alcohol, they've all they're they're all similar in their they're falling to this certain situation. And I think there can be a bond there to help other people. Mm -hmm. But if you if you make this statement like, well, I don't do this and I'm not like you or anybody else, that's that's not it. There's a. You cannot connect with someone unless you're you're honest, and I think that's what's really, really cool about a relationship like a marriage or dating or something like that is the more the more open you are, and it's hard. It's hard to say, I I, I failed at that. Mm-hmm. I I you know I got angry. I raised my voice. I did. I whatever. It's hard to admit that. Yeah. But I think, you know, once you do and you can talk about it, the other person as well, I, you know, I, I, anyway, so we all have darkness in us. And I think that, that when you are open and honest with somebody else, you can have perhaps somebody that can help. And that's what we saw here. So there's an old story I've seen circle around on the internet. And I, I can't remember the exact details. I do recall very distinctly, though the gist of the story and so bear with me if i say some of the details wrong but point is is that it's an old indian gentleman telling his son or grandson about the two beasts within us and there's one that's gentle and good and kind and the other one that is vicious and ferocious and whatever and they're in some sort of battle struggle whatever and the child says well who wins and he says the one you feed mm. Yeah. The one that wins is the one that you feed. And that's the truth. And I think that's what they're highlighting very clearly here in this episode. And it sounds like they're going to be highlighting throughout the whole season is which part of you, because, again, it ties back to season two. We are both. Right. Right. We are both. There's good and there's evil in all. All of us. And we've seen that. We've seen the heroes that have done some really bad things. And we've seen the villains that have done some really good things. So everybody has the capacity. Everybody has both. There's no one person that is one or the other. Everybody has both. Which one do you feed? That's Mm -hmm. the one that's going to win. And right now, Emma's struggling because she's trying not to feed the, the evil one. And at this point... The dark, rumple dark one is trying to feed it, trying to give it scraps. Right, and you know that's 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 a dangerous little slippery slope that she's on. And unfortunately, we know that she's going to succumb. And we'll tie it up this point with this: is yes. that this is what Rumple mentioned, or the dark one mentioned before. Mm-hmm. You can't save yourself, but you have to be saved. And sometimes, mm-hmm. well. 
many times. It takes someone else to help you be accountable, that you're feeding the right thing, that you're thinking the right thing, Mm -hmm. saying the right thing. Mm -hmm. And I think getting back to what I said at the beginning of this podcast, Mm -hmm. we are not islands. We are not unto ourselves. We are not. We are connected to other people Mm -hmm. and we need other people and we do all right uh so let's bring this thing in for a landing here Mm -hmm. and it they were talking about the the dagger and um emma told regina before the end she said i saved you now you saved me Mm -hmm. and that's kind of yeah already been leaked out but i think it was a very powerful thing is it's like you know, not you owe me, but you know no. how to do it. Right. And you're so, the one that can do it. And you're the yeah. one I can rely upon to do it. Because if, in fact, you can't, you have to destroy me. Mm-hmm. And that that's a scary, scary thing. And so they're in this uh, very cool other version of Granny's in the middle yeah. of the fairy tale land, yeah. now, which is kind of fun. And then we see Arthur and his men ride up on we horses. Mm-hmm. And then they start talking about, uh, uh, you know, again, it's very reminiscent when Arthur was talking to Emma, was very reminiscent of Merlin kind of talking to Emma in the movie theater. Is there something kind of out of the the current situation that there is a a galactic destiny something that's happening and it it shows you in your life how important you are and so arthur and his men ride up to see emma and say basically we've been expecting you yeah and there are many religious stories and all kind of different stories about these kind of prophecies like this is an important person and maybe the person doesn't even know yeah right it's kind of a shock and so he says, no, Merlin prophesied right. that you would br- reunite us with Merlin. So now it's not just Emma mm-hmm. doing it for her own self. Yeah. But now we have this hero's journey coming into it. It's about all of us now. Yeah. You've got to reunite us with Merlin because he is going to put everything in balance, let's say. Right. He's going to fix it all and he's going to fix you. I think that's... Does it remind you of anything else Well, that we've seen in this particular show? Mm, no. Oh, really? How about second half of season three? Mm. Oz, Dorothy, yeah, yeah. Right. Zelina. Mm-hmm. Zelina was prophesied about, foretold yeah, in yeah, the book. Right, right. And then Zelina didn't believe that it was her and thought that it was Dorothy. Huge callback to yeah. that. I, uh, first of all, Gabe Cooth, mm-hmm. cool dude, loves <laughs> motorcycles. Yeah. yeah. Sneezing or not, he's yeah. still just the yeah. coolest guy. Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. Gabe is just yeah. awesome. And then Fausti. Fausti was in the uh, cruiser. I love that they were in the sheriff's cruiser. Yeah, that was funny. But Gabe was donning the red jacket, yep. the Emma Swan red jacket. Yeah. And uh, I'm the sheriff. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty funny. And so they return six weeks later after yeah. the whole exchange with Arthur and his men yeah. and Emma and all that. Which, by the way, oh, I have to I have to make a note about this. The castle that they marched up to oh, for yeah, yeah. 
for him, which was supposed to be Camelot. Spectacular CGI yeah. for one, and number two, it resembled very heavily Neuschwanstein Castle in Bavaria, Germany, which, by the way, Walt Disney used as the pattern for Sleeping Beauty. Sleeping Beauty's castle. Yeah. Okay. Here at Disneyland. Yeah. And you know, you you keep kind of saying these terms and Bavaria and all that stuff, and I wish we could talk about a scene that we saw being filmed. Yes. But they didn't use it. No. So it's probably no. in next uh, week. It'll be episode. in the next week or two or whatever. Yeah. I can't post those pictures nope, either. Not yet. Really... Not yet. All right. So then, then we add something. I've talked often about the writers' bags of tricks. They pulled out something again from their bag of tricks. They did indeed. I wish that they would leave that trick alone and do other things, <laughs> but they pulled it again. Six weeks later, and then their memories are gone. They don't know what happened. That kind of a thing. So, yeah, I was kind of like, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Did we really just repeat exactly what we did for first half of season four? Well, we're going along. But Uh, I just want to mention, I wish that there were more tricks, other tricks in the bag that they would use. So. That was that was the only thing that I was kind of like, you know, when when music's playing a lot, all of a sudden, the yeah. record scratching. When they said that, I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. We already saw this, guys, a season ago, a whole entire season ago, at the beginning of season four. Right. So I'm kind of hoping that we don't have as long. I hope they resolve it a slightly different way than what they what they did last time. I'm really kind of hoping that we're going to get, you know, the chance to see what's going on. Yeah. So, let's go to But I love the costumes. Oh yeah. S- serious serious hats mm-hmm. off to Eduardo because yeah. his costumes are just spectacular and i know i keep saying that but they really are so anyway i loved the fact that they were all in very medieval looking garb uh, garments and garb it was very very apropos for merlin stuff so it was very very cool all right so now we're going to see what has transpired with emma throughout the six weeks previous because now we've seen that she has fully embraced and accepted her role as the Dark One. Mm-hmm. And no one will get the dagger but her. We had hoped and it looked like maybe Regina would get the Dark the dark One dagger yeah. to really make good decisions. Mm-hmm. and Well, she had because Emma gave it to her before... They before Merlin and those guys came up, and we kind of skipped a little bit over that whole thing with, you know, they gave Emma the dagger, and she yeah, goes, right. nope, 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 nope. This is not okay. And that was what I started talking about earlier, and what I alluded to earlier was Hook saying it has to be her choice. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. We cannot, cannot control her to make her not kill Merida. That's when that whole thing scene happened. Mm-hmm. And then she ended up giving the dagger to Regina, and that's why she knew Regina could be the one to save her. So the fact that when they came back and they're like, what just happened? What you guys have been gone for six weeks. Wait, our memories are gone again? Really? Yeah. I mean, even they were kind of like in disbelief. And then when Regina went to go pull the dagger out to control Emma, and Emma didn't, and she didn't have it because Emma did, it was kind of like, ugh. Okie dokie. All right, kids, we're in for a ride. We are in for a ride this season. And I'm 
actually looking forward to what they're going to do. And I think that a lot of people are going to be tempted because we're talking about everyone has mm-hmm. darkness. And oh, yeah. so we we're seeing Hook kind of being unheroic and making decisions that are mm-hmm. heartfelt. But again, again, getting back to what Merlin said, doing something wrong for the right reasons, mm-hmm. bad things can still happen. Absolutely. To you. So I think we're going to have some neverlandish kinds of real psychological story pieces that really kind of uh, are going to look at the inner parts of the characters. I'm making another prediction. Okay. I know I made one at the beginning of the, the, the episode here that we were talking about. Merlin said to young Emma, leave the sword alone. Right. If she attempts to put the dagger back with the sword, that's even worse than keeping it apart. Is what I think. Okay, I, I kind of and maybe said what that. will happen will it will destroy him. Okay, all right, or her, or unleash all the dark ones that okay. have ever lived. Yeah, I just. Because I was again, thinking that's how they're going to save her. But now I'm thinking that's actually opposite. It will end up destroying if they attempt to put it back together again. So then but who, they're going to think that they need to. Who's the true ruler if, um, if Arthur pulled the sword out of the stone, and, but it's not a complete sword? I mean, that's kind of another interesting question, too. What if the whole point of that is that whoever unites the sword becomes the new Merlin? Hmm. That's another good point. Kind of, it it goes along with the theme of the dagger. You kill the dark, you you hold the dark one dagger, you control the dark one, you kill the dark one, you become the dark one. So if somebody unites the sword together, the sword, will it be good and evil? Will it balance things out or will it actually create more problems you can shake a stick at? And maybe, just maybe, what if Merlin isn't the good guy everybody thinks he is and he doesn't want to be united because maybe that will destroy him and maybe it will bring balance to everything instead of having one all-powerful being. Oh, there's so many possibilities. Yeah. I'm, I'm just... Bring balance to the force, maybe? Exactly, kind of a thing. Something like that? Huh? Yeah, maybe. That's it. We have no more <laughs> notes. So please send us some feedback. And we really want to hear your theories and maybe your thoughts about mm-hmm. uh, everybody has darkness. I don't know. Whatever, whatever your thoughts are about that. So, again, uh, this is Jeff and Colleen. We're back on the horse, as it were. Yep. And so we're going to be recording our main show for The Dark Swan uh, this coming weekend. Mm-hmm. And so we really appreciate your support and we appreciate your help and retweets and shares on Facebook and all that. We're really trying to kind of grow our Facebook numbers and our Twitter numbers as well. So any way that you can help that, that would be fantastic. And until next time, we want to send big love out to everybody. Uh, Everybody needs uh, love, big or small. So take what you need and pass it on to somebody else, Mm -hmm. even if they're 
kind of naughty people and you may <laughs> not like them, you still, it's good to do that. And yep. it's hard, but it's good to do that. So until next time, this is Jeff and Colleen Roney saying bye-bye. Bye. See you later. Adios. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. This is a Roney's Own Media production. Our website is onceuponatimepodcast.com. You can contact us by going to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash contact. You can also connect with us on social media by going to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash connect. If you enjoy what we do and would like to support us, we invite you to go to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash support. There's a number of ways that you can help us out, and we truly thank you for it. The Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast, where you experience more of the magic of ABC TV's Once Upon a Time. <laughs>